percolate on a particular mix of odd and inspiring news headlines in Wendy's Coffee House. Newsmakers with a pinshot for the unknown, unexplained, and unusual share their experiences with UFOs, ghost encounters, near-death experiences, and more for your own unique blend of Wendy's Coffee House Curious. And now, here's Wendy. It's been a busy week. I mean, I don't, all sorts of stuff going on, especially in my personal life. (laughs) We're not going to go there, but whoa. Okay, so I'm catching my breath, taking just a moment out to do the show and reconnect. Um, One of the people I'm talking to knows how to reconnect and works with energy, so we'll be talking with him during the show. I just, I'll do some headlines first. John Nelson, he's my guest, and he's been meditating for 50-some years. Okay, and you've, you've probably read about how that changes your brain and incredible things happen. Okay, well, John's going to be the testimonial (laughs) of how brain changes work. All right, so stick around for that. In the meantime, though, in the headlines, one of the things I found out this week, Edgar Mitchell, there's a documentary in the works. They had a a Kickstarter-like. It's a different different program, but they did a fundraiser for $6,000, very quickly raised 115% of their goal and was still going the last time I checked. But this fundraiser what they're doing is this, uh, he had a lot of opportunities, and I wondered why they had never done a documentary. A lot of opportunities to do that and always said no, held everything back. So the, the deal is he had a connection with a family friend, the goddaughter, and she has all of his archives. It's called The Space Less Traveled. And what she got to do, he actually had a vault. He, he, he had a safe of things that he, that he kept to himself. And the, the thing about going to the moon was absolutely huge, a life change for him. Three days, he came back processing this, and he started this, the school, the Noetics Institution group. Um, I just, it was ions. There we go. Anyway, the, the thing about this is there's so much there that the public doesn't know about his, his, the metaphysical aspect, the things that he got into, studying consciousness, the mind, and studying ET UFO stuff. This is going to be fantastic. Getting behind the scenes look at a very fascinating guy. So that uh, they're trying to get this out 2019. I thought that was fantastic. There's another. We did that interview with Duncan Laurie about singing plants. This is really cool. And I did an upgrade. At Wendy's Coffee House. Go to the blog. I did another another interview with Duncan, and we play the music that you can hear when they're uh, these little gadgets are attached to the plants and they're interacting. It's fantastic. And the thing is here, bamboo, it's the instrument that gives plants a voice. There's actually, they have created it. Indiegogo did a fundraiser, same thing. And people said, yes, we want this. So they've come up with it. I don't know. I think it looks like it's available, if not now, soon. One of the funky things as I'm going through all the headlines is I run across stuff that really, it's like gene editing for farm animals. Yeah, okay, this is, a lot of times I look through the, AI stuff and the, all the, the new tech coming online. But farm animals, they're talking about basically allowing us to have animals like cows that don't have horns or bulls. Uh, the, the pigs that never go get any older than puberty, they continue to, to be alive, but they don't develop. Uh, little weird things like that. So here we are. The Franken animals are about to burst on the scene. The cool thing, campfire. You might have seen the story about the dog that survived, and that he had a little bit of help. But he, um, his the other dog that was with him, there were two dogs that they that they were 
they thought were gone. The family's house burned to the ground. One dog they found 80 miles away. No explanation for that. The other one apparently hid back in a canyon. And um, there was a rescue person who was going out there feeding the animals. She had access to the site because they didn't allow the, the homeowners to come home. When the homeowner finally came home, that dog came back and was waiting at the site, just guarding the house. There's another story, and this one's about a cat. The cat, and it looks like it's a Siamese mix of some kind. They, they, as they're coming up to their house, they see back in the very distance movement, and there's the cat. The cat comes forward kind of like, whoa, you know, is it you? You know, is it, is it a mirage? You see the cat kind of curious and a little perplexed, not, not immediately running. But as soon as the cat realizes who it is, yeah, then the cat is, is there. But the cool thing about that, you have to watch the end of the video. This is a metaphysical aspect because at the end of the video, the stag steps out of the woods. Just serene, peaceful. Absolutely. I had chills. I'm like, oh, my. Wow. Because when, he's, when he steps on the scene, there's this regal character. He's just so incredibly. And that's, that's also for a, this, the metaphysical spiritual aspect. That's a huge, huge sign. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. Don't have time for the hour. But, but that was, that's very powerful. If you have a clue, watch that and see the cat. And then at the very end, here comes this. Nobody makes any mention of this. But there, when this when he steps out, it's like I got this, you know. So it's like a guardian spirit. But so anyway, that I thought was fantastic. Now there was a woman in New Zealand, and this was just broke recently. You can see the pictures. They had a drone. Now they're they're only allowed to take you know so many pictures of the wildlife to be so close to it. This is in New Zealand, so she's swimming, and they, what they see her swimming with. <laughs> okay, if you if you're afraid of sharks um, or anything like that, big and and bulky and, you know, one bite, you're gone. She said she was really excited because she saw this shape go under her. And it was, a, it, you thought it was a dolphins. And then she saw the great white color on the back. Orcas. These were orcas. And there were, they're swimming around her. And one of the guys, he saw that. He thought, oh, my gosh. She left. She got out of the water. And then she went back in. But she said what happened was the adult orca was looking directly into her eyes. She felt comfortable. She felt, she said, it, there was just something about it. She says, it was just absolutely awesome. She also said, now the deal that I'm wearing a wetsuit and I'm black and I look like a, you know, I, I could be a dolphin. Or I, I'm sorry, I could be a seal. <laughs> so she took her chances and it, and it ended, up, ended up good. My guest, some stuff I just have to share because there's so many things out there happening in our world that just don't make it in the headlines. And this is the fun stuff. This is the really cool stuff that happens every day that just gets one second and it's gone. My guest knows a lot about this. He knows energy, John Nelson. And he actually is a, a, an award-winning author, novelist, and an editor. One of the books he edited, Dee Wallace, her book Bright Light, Spiritual Lessons from a Life in Acting. And uh, it, it's just, now I may have to have John correct me on that. All right, John. It's your time. He's in Hawaii. This is the guy. It's, if, you, if you want to meditate for 50 years, Hawaii would be the place to camp out. Maybe if you haven't been there, but wow. Hi, John. Yes. Uh, you know, before I, before I, before I jump in here, I'll, I have a, uh, a stag deer experience. Really? Uh, I, when I was living in Charlottesville, Virginia, I had a house on a cul-de-sac that faced the woods. And one Saturday morning, I get up and I go outside and... 
and there's this huge deer stag. I mean, it was immense. And he just, the silence. You know, I've been around gurus. I've been around uh, ricochets. The energy. It was like being with a Buddha. Yeah. I mean, the pure, non-mental, natural energy he had was amazing, and it fixed me. And I just sat there on the steps for like 15 minutes, and we just sat there and stared at each other. It was an, an enormous experience for me. Well, really. it's, what's the interesting thing? We had gone to the lake Thanksgiving, uh, driving driving back. I happened to look out at the right moment and see in just alongside the car a stag and the I don't know how many it's like the with with the antlers and everything it's like you know at least 16 12 it, it was I'm thinking this is enormous and I've never ever yeah. been that close to one and your the energy is just awesome you just feel so Oh yeah yeah the oh. energy is amazing so, yeah and and it's not just the stags uh it's 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 all of the natural world. Yeah. I mean, if you ever swam with dolphins, it's the same thing. The dolphins have that same energy. I mean, unfortunately, our domesticated animals have lost some of that because they because we've imbued them with our own uh, craziness. But outside of that mental energy, the natural world, like or like babies, like what you look into in the eyes of a baby mm-hmm. is like looking into the eyes of that stag, you know, because they haven't formed that ego mental self yet. Well, this is what we want to get is, into. The next break of, of the energy and what it's like and how, because when you're talking about meditating for 50 years, I want to know how this started. I want to know what propelled you, what inspired you, how did this begin? And we're going to, we'll have to take a break here, but we're going to get back into it. Of course, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the book, but I want to talk about the guy. <laughs> so, all right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not shy about talking about myself. <laughs> okay, good. Well, we're going to do that. The book is called, in case you're listening and you want to do that, A Guide to Energetic Healing from Clearing Trauma, Abuse to Raising Consciousness. My guest is John Nelson. Back in a few, Wendy's Coffeehouse, KCMO Talk Radio. Wendy's Coffeehouse, KCMO Talk Radio. Okay. When you're starting out meditating, because this is where some people are going to be listening to this, and I've been there. You're starting out meditating. It's like, okay, am, I'm not doing anything, and maybe I should be doing something. And then your, you know, your mind gets all full of stuff that tells you what you should be doing, what you could be doing, and why you haven't done it. And you're really, you know, off before you know, off the deep end into non-meditation. <laughs> so once you get over the hurdle of what it's like to just get all nice and clean and empty, and <sighs> it gets better. And this is why John is here, to help walk us through that little rocky road of getting distracted and falling off the wagon of meditation. <laughs> okay, okay, John. Uh, okay. Uh, I might add, yes. I will get into uh, the meditative practice. Uh, but let me, let me uh, preface this just basically. And m- the interesting thing is my book itself is about a spiritual journey. It's about my spiritual journey and the things that I've learned along the way. And the first thing, and it's integral to to meditation, the first thing I learned was as a child I had insomnia because I had all these emotional problems like most of us have in our teenage years. And I'm in a library. I'm 17 years old, and I'm in a uh, public library, uh, and I'm looking at something, and all of a sudden a book from the top shelf falls on my head. And it's <laughs> Richard Hittleman's book on yoga, meditation. Oh, oh very direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I said, I, you know, I picked it up. I went back and I sat down and I read it. And uh, 
I was. This is in Virginia, in, uh, you know, coastal Virginia, and I'd never heard of Eastern stuff at that time. I was going to a Catholic school. I, I was raised Catholic, uh-huh. and uh, I started reading this. And I said, this makes a lot of sense to me. Why, why hasn't anybody told me about this? Mm. So I bought the book, and uh, I, actually what I did, I, I bought the book, and I started the meditative practice. Uh, but what, what really helped with that, and I can remember, that, it's really funny, trying, walking back from church on Sunday and trying to stop my mind, you know, yeah. trying to force it to stop. And, and, and it was a fruitless effort at that point. The next thing I did is I, I got Hittleman's book on yoga, and that was the key. Uh, the key was all this, you know, you can't, you have problems meditating because all these emotional things arise. All this little angry energy arises, and the idea is not to suppress that. The first thing to do is to deal with that angry energy and integrate it, and yoga is extraordinarily good at doing that, and this is the practice that uh, the Indians have used uh, for thousands of years to get you to a point where you can settle the mind by integrating and releasing the energy of all these emotional discords. So I started practicing yoga, and uh, and then that led to a more fruitful meditative experience for me. But 50 years later, you know, I'm not going to claim to be any yogi. 50 years later, uh, I still, you know, the, the stuff still comes up with me. I, I'm, it's a constant process. And in my book, I talk about a number of, besides yoga, a number of other processes that we can go through to help integrate that angry energy, to help integrate that distractive energy, and focus the mind. One pointed, and then you do get into very deep meditations, and and, and then it and it changes the brain. Like yes. si- you know, recent scientific discoveries have discovered that you know it changes the brain, uh, and uh, it really tunes you in. But yoga was the first thing that that I that I went into that uh, really helped uh, start to integrate that energy. Well, and, the other thing, uh, and it's a pre- go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, ask me the question. Uh, okay, the other thing was the Toltec uh, aspect. For this is the recapitulation because this comes in with Carlos Castaneda. Yes. Well, you know, let, let me let me bring the story forward a little okay. bit. Okay. So um, I did the yoga, I, and I did yoga, and I've been doing yoga. Uh, uh, I had again. I had interesting thing, and in interesting thing is that. I do my yoga at night because I've had trouble as a child uh, sleeping, right. and I discovered by doing a little 15, 20, 30 minutes of yoga at night, I started sleeping like a baby, and that was really very helpful in terms of integrating myself because getting deep, restful sleep is, is really an essential item. So <clears throat> we go along, and, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I'm, I'm dealing with a everybody relationship problems and everything and i had read castaneda and i was fascinated in the 70s i was fascinated by castaneda's tale and i knew enough i had studied metaphysical metaphysics since i was 15 years old so i knew the correlation of the things that he was talking about and i suspected he did as well although recently i um i ran into a youtube interview with him after his first book was published, and he and he disclaimed any knowledge of metaphysics at the time. So, uh, I going on, and then I I read the Eagles, uh, uh, his book, uh, the Eagles' Gift, I think it is, mm-hmm. and he talks about recapitulation in that. And I'm reading that, and it's just like, like a boom. It was an astonishing concept that 
we create with all these, with every energetic exchange we have with another person, uh, we exchange cords with them. Mm-hmm. We put our cords into them. They put their cords of energy into us, and they and they and they may and they're still there. And they do and they limit our uh, reach and our consciousness uh, by because it just rebrings up all that energy of these discordant experiences we yes. have with people. So he gave a very simple exercise that they've been using for like the Toltecs have been using for like thousands of years, and it releases these cords. So I started doing that myself. This is in the late 80s when I was in my 40s. And then uh, 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 Victor Sanchez came out with a book uh, on Castaneda's uh, processes. And that even helped more in, in going to the mid-90s. And I started doing this. And it was transformative. Uh, it was transformative. Because what you do is you go, you know, you, besides dealing with the day-to-day episodes that come up, the exchanges, the angry exchanges you have with everybody, uh, you know, you can deal with that on a daily basis. But what limits you is these exchanges you've had since since childhood. Right. And with and and the process that they go into that he went into, he was forced to go into by uh, his teacher. And what Sanchez talks about as well in his book is uh, you make a list of people, and you go back and you relive. Not remember, you relive the experience that you've had with these people, uh, oh, you know, over the, all the course of your life. And I spent a thousand hours doing that, you know, over the course of like twenty or thirty years, uh, going in, going back, and it's, it's a systematic process. And Sanchez, in his book uh, on recapitulation, Victor Sanchez, really goes into it, but. Uh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing what you discover. And what you discover is that you might remember when you go back and relive an experience you had with a girlfriend or boyfriend and, and the angry exchange that happened there. You might think, you, you might think, but once you start doing it, your consciousness brings up all the subtle things that come into play, and you can release that. And by releasing that, uh, it quiets the mind incredibly well. It, it makes a life a meditation because the process is you can't rate. And the second part, the third part of the book is based on raising consciousness. But before you can raise that consciousness and do some of these practices, you have to deal with the emotional issues, uh, and which is what a lot of people do not do. And they just think they can just walk into a meditative practice uh, without having to deal with these angry voices, and, and it doesn't work. They're really loud once you're doing that. Okay, hold on, hold on. We've got to take a break, all right? So my guest, okay, um, we're going to be talking a little bit more about this and because the reviews are pretty darn good, saying if, if you're wanting to clear energy, this really works. If you're looking to raise your consciousness, that's also an aspect of it. But I want to know the metaphysical element because Castaneda gets into that. That's what everybody gets hooked with his books and his information. So I want to know if that also amplified... Some of your own experiences, aside from books falling on your head. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> metaphysical right there. All right. So, okay, we're, okay. we're going to talk some more. John Nelson is my guest. And like I said earlier, he helped Dee Wallace with her book, Bright Light, Spiritual Lessons from a Life in Acting. I thought that was pretty cool and a nice little feather for you. In your, uh, and then the other one, Dr. Connie Mariano, former head of the White House Medical Unit, White House doctor. So he has a little bit of cred. And a whole lot of meditation experience, especially when he's there stuck in Hawaii. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. Stick around. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. My guest is the author of A Guide to Energetic Healing from Clearing Trauma Abuse to Raising Consciousness, John Nelson. And John is unfortunate enough to have to spend his days in Hawaii. Um, and so we're all going to feel very sorry for him over the Christmas holidays because he doesn't have any snow and no white Christmas. So, John, how does it feel to be well, left I out? Tell you, I could tell you, I could, uh, <laughs> tell you a, I'll tell you a story about let me inter- let me uh, Let me lead off with a story about that. I'm in New York City in May. Uh, this is like 15 years ago, and uh, I'm going to a uh, booksellers convention. And so when we finished, I went to I, I flew up and visited my fr- a friend of mine in Toronto. So you know, in Toronto in May it's still cold, and even there was a little snow on the road. And so we're we're riding on a bus to go someplace, and she stands up and says, "This guy's from Maui, Hawaii," and people start throwing things at me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, start throwing empty cups at me, you know. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, and, you, mm-hmm, you dirty rat. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, well, exactly. all right. So getting back into it, though, with this, I want to give the website for people who are listening and interested in doing a little more checking on your, your background, the whole nine yards, johnnelsonbookworks.com. All right, johnnelsonbookworks.com. And the yeah, guide. long word. It, yeah, it's a very long word. <laughs> Google if you can't spell it. Okay, that always works. <laughs> <laughs> so with this, though, I wanted to know the paranormal aspect, because a lot of times people who do more of this, you do more meditation, get more quiet than that element, the ESP, the, the extrasensory perception kind of comes to the fore because you've shut all the monkey mind garbage. And now you can actually pick up on other people's stuff and pick up on some kind of, you know, premonitions and things like that. Does that make sense? Definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, it's just like... Um Going back to Edgar Mitchell, uh, when he when they left the the Earth to go to the Moon, they left the collective consciousness of humanity, and the co- the cooker aspect that that limits what we are and 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 everything. And so he's outside of that, and that's why he had the experiences I believe he had, because he's outside of that uh, monkey mind consciousness that dominates the planet and has dominated the planet forever. So he's outside of that, and, and it's, it's a stilling experience, especially when he's looking back at the Earth and he sees it. You know, it's a stilling experience, a transcendent experience, and that's what I think he experienced. And what we can experience once we stop the monkey mind and what the, you know, what the uh, Tibetans talk about in Tibetan yoga, you know, uh, it's stilling that mind, uh, and allows you to connect with the all that is. It, with all that is, there's one collective whole here, you know, and we're all connected together at this other level, and you can get to that other level once you can still the mind. And you can't still the mind, like I emphasize in the book, until you deal with the emotional issues, especially people who have traumatic issues from childhood on, you know, and recapitulation is one way of doing that. But... As, as, so the first part of the book is about clearing the trauma and clearing, mm-hmm. especially the abuse. The second, the second book is about raising consciousness. And one of the things I talk about in raising consciousness is uh, some of these Jungian techniques, uh, like synchronicity. You know, Jung, uh, that's what, how we split with Freud, is uh, Freud uh, uh, didn't agree with, with this. And so they're sitting in, the, in Jung's den, and all of a sudden they're talking about this, and crack, 
uh, this wooden bookcase just cracks in half or something like that and, and makes this resounding sound. And he and he says, there it is, synchronicity. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if you're, you're connected to the whole, so it is constantly, because there's an aspect that Jung even got into, there's an aspect uh, of the, he called the objective self. And that we in, in religious circles will call the soul, that is constantly bringing in uh, and trying to correct uh, our, our, our deviant processes and trying to bring us back into a whole. Uh, and another thing what I love about Jung is he calls, it's called the compensatory factor. And all of life works this way, and consciousness works this way. And when, after, after, uh, after uh, interpreting 80,000 dreams, what he discovered is that in dreams, the subconscious mind is trying to compensate for our uh, deviant conscious attitude. Let's say you break up with somebody, and I use this example in the book. Let's say yeah. you break up with somebody, and you start to demonize them. And then you have a dream, and the dream has them walking across water like they're the Savior. Well, they're not your Savior. What the dream is trying to tell you is that your attitude, your conscious mind attitude is inadequate, and you're try it's trying to bring it into a balance by creating another exaggeration. And so synchronicity is how that works. Things come into your life synchronistically if you're conscious and aware of it, trying to balance you out. Uh, and what, so what I did in the book, I used synchronicity, and I, and I created a process called reading reality. Mm -hmm. if, you'll, if you'll be quiet and look around, you'll see every day the universe is trying to bring into your life compensatory concepts uh, that uh, will help balance, balance you out. Uh, it's just like, let's say, and I go into, uh, and the second part of the book, uh, I go into 12-step uh, uh, programs and things like that. And uh, and I talk about some of these kinds of experiences. Somebody's in, somebody's in a coffee shop, and and they have a drug addiction, and they just happen to be sitting next to somebody who's talking about AA and how it how they overcome. Well, that's some part of you drawing that conversation into your life. Yeah. Or or a drunk driving down the street and getting caught by a cop on a, on a lonely road out out in nowhere, you know, <laughs> and saying, How, you know, what are you doing here? He uh -huh. said, well, you, you know, uh -huh. if, if he was really conscious, he said, well, some part of you drew me in here to get you, to give you a wake-up call. Yes. <laughs> the yes. universe constantly works like that. And that, if you read reality, it'll help with your process as well. Okay. <laughs> so when we're reading and we want to get the Cliff Notes version, because some realities are really, really long. <laughs> <laughs> How do we cut through the noise? Okay, because that's the deal. A lot of this sometimes it's a projection. You're trying to get in information, but the ego is is too busy, you know, kicking yourself or giving yourself lots of kudos when you shouldn't have them, and and then the information gets lost. So how do you cut through that noise? Okay. That's what I call it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, you know, this is what meditation is about. Meditation okay. is. Hold on one second. I mean, I'm going to reach over here. I have a Tibetan prayer wheel that sun activated, and let me, the sun is coming, and let me activate it there. Okay. Yeah, the sun is. Okay, so uh, meditation is, uh, is, is the way of doing that. Uh, there is another technique that you can use, and I bring in a book. It's called Focusing by Eugene Genlin. Uh, again, this is another way of dealing with the noise. Janlin was a talk psychiatrist, uh, a very prominent talk psychiatrist in Chicago in the 1960s. And what he discovered <clears throat> is that only 1% of the, 
of his uh, of his clients were experiencing true change, true behavioral change. Uh, and what he discovered is that they were all doing the same thing. Instead of when the emotional stuff came up, mentalizing it and coming up with concepts about it, yeah. he saw that their body was integrating it. And if you just stay with the emotion, if you just stay with the feelings and shut the mind out, not trying to figure things out, if you just stay with that, the body will shift that energy and you can physically feel that shift. Yeah. So <laughs> it's called focusing. But I've applied that. Uh, and in fact, when I'm you know even when I'm driving on the road, if I if I start on a riff, I'll just quiet myself and just feel that energy, and eventually it will shift. Now I have a um, okay. Hold a on, hold on. We're going to get into this story. I've, I'm going to take a break. Okay, we're going to get into this story in just a minute. I want to find out what you did with a prayer wheel too. Okay, so don't go away. Okay. <laughs> My okay. guest, John Nelson in Hawaii on Wendy's Coffee House. Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. The ink. Incredible thing, the synchronistic thing does work because I'm going to go back to the the intro when we talked about the movie that the documentary in the works on Edgar Mitchell. We are all one regardless of our differences. That was his epiphany from space, and what he said. There's a quote that they give on the on the site. When we went, we went to the moon as technicians. We returned as humanitarians. So this oneness, this thing that connects us all, which is what John is addressing with his work and his book, and saying you know get rid of some of these cords that aren't uh, that are running amok. And that monkey mind that continues to feed that discordant stuff. But as we were doing this, and you were talking about focus, so, so don't lose that. But you were you were saying, okay, the sun's coming up. I got I got to do the prayer wheel. I have a Tibetan prayer. Wait, okay, what? That was a digression. What? What? How did that factor in? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was in, I, I'm I'm uh, going to the post office, and uh, I see this woman on her car. She has this a little Tibetan prayer wheel on her on her dashboard and and it's it's spinning around and i said well isn't that interesting and so so i went online at the amazon and and i bought a tibetan prayer wheel and it's it's and it's sun it's light activated so i put it on my shelf with the sun in fact it was you know the sun's been up for an hour now but it was sitting there i had to give it a little push and it just spins around and there and, and inside the prayer wheel or these mantras that uh, are 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 being circulated in your in your in your atmosphere in your in your in your room where it's wow. at, and it's a uh, has a very calming effect. Okay, you're gonna but, laugh. Uh, so, I'm gonna tell you what's in my window that's sun activated. It's a, a little okay. It's it's a little flying pig. <laughs> it's little it's little wings flap when the sun comes up. Okay. Uh, the sun comes up. Yeah. yeah well, well mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, that's I know, good. but it's... That, that works. It's the same. It's the same concept. And what that flap wing, what the flapping wings do, is it generates energy. It yeah. generates energy, and it's sending out a vibration through the through the, through your room, like this does, mm -hmm. that calms the atmosphere. So oh. that's just as effective. So he is that's working. Just as effective as He's a oh, working yeah, I pig. Think, I, think it's a, I think it's a great concept. Okay, I, great I loved concept. it. I just love it because it's uplifting. It's light. It reminds me that life doesn't have to be so serious. And if, if the sun isn't shining, well, then I need to put a light on the pig. Because <laughs> that works, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this sun, my, my Tibetan prayer wheel does take a little, a lot more than a flashlight. I tried it with a flashlight, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it takes actual sunlight. But getting back, let me, getting back to focusing. Yeah. Let me tell a little story, and I'm not going to mention any names, but I have a, a friend who's a doctor, 
I won't say what kind of a doctor she is. And I've known her forever. And and so we're having this conversation, and all of a sudden I have this. I do this shift, and she's and and she she you know she takes it in. Then after a while, I do another one, and she's saying, you know, I think you have a nervous disorder. I said, no, I don't have a nervous disorder. I'm saying you keep pushing my button and bringing up emotional stuff, and I'm integrating it. <laughs> oh, that's a good excuse. <laughs> no, and I, and that's exactly that's exactly what I was doing. I was doing a felt shift. I could feel my body shift every time she's hitting me with this negative stuff, Ooh. and and I'm taking it in, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm focusing on it, and I'm not mentalizing it, but I'm just letting it shift, and it and it shifts. I mean, I'm driving down the road, and um, and I'm doing that all the time. You know, somebody instead of ang- being angry with them, it's and that all comes back to. Meditation. Yeah. You were talking about meditation. Yeah. Now, when you talk about quieting the mind, Pima Chodron, the great Buddhist nun who, who's written wonderful books, mm-hmm. she talks about, and I use this practice as well, and uh, is one of the things is, in fact, one of, the, one of the problems I had when I first started with this is that I was trying to suppress the ego. I was trying to suppress this. You know, I was trying to put it into its own little box, and that's how you create psychological problems. You know, you don't want to suppress it. It's part of your life. It's part of you. You want to integrate it. You want, it's like a recalcitrant child. You don't, want, you don't want to beat them over the head. You want to bring their energy in. You want to integrate that energy. And so Pima Children says when you go off on a rip, especially if you're trying to meditate or you're doing any kind of meditative process, just label it as mind. I do that 50 times a day. Something will come up, and I'll just say mind. And what happens is when you do that, I can feel my my breathing shift, and my breathing starts to go into yogic breathing mm-hmm. because I'm the mind is the the mental stuff is what is preventing us from doing this deep breathing. And if you're used to doing pramana from yoga, you know uh, it will interfere with that. Your mind, mental stuff interferes with that. But if you if you if you if you see something come up, you just say mind. You say it's my, it's mind, and and you fluff it off. And, and you're going along, and something else comes up. Mind, uh, it's it's a part of the focusing technique as well. Okay, okay, and, okay, okay. We've only yeah, got a few minutes so left. Okay, so so the, since you started this off with meditation, yeah, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna digress uh, in a minute. Well, let's come back to meditation and all these processes because all this pro, all these processes is, you know, we are here. Uh, the, the Hindus tell us we are here to bring consciousness into the world that is the sole purpose of nature to bring prakti which is nature and mind to bring prushka which is consciousness into prakti which is mind in their philosophy is to bring this is the sole purpose we're here is to bring consciousness into the world and disseminate it through it and the more successful we are doing that the more we will draw back in the, the blessings of the universe, because we're in harmony with the process of why we're here and why the uni- and why we this thing operates the way it does, and meditation is is an eccentric part of that, quieting the mind but not suppressing the mind. It's the process is to integrate, you know, and and if you start a process of yoga and 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 recapitulation and focusing and dealing with that, then when you come to meditation, it becomes a natural process. And you can just breathe it in because there's nothing there distracting you. If something comes up, you just label it mine, and it goes away, and it goes away. Or you focus on it, and you feel it, and then it, go, and then it gets integrated, and you get to another higher level of quietness and integration with the collective. 
which is really cool. Which and see, so when the stag enters a picture, instead of trying to judge the stag or make it some kind of a, a linear thought, no, you say, you, "Oh, you just you're one." You know, it's God. It, it's it's God. Yeah. You know, there's only you know, like I, I you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I wrote a book of Zen poems, and one of the poems is, the question is, why do you smile at everybody you see? And and the answer is why don't you fall in love with the many faces of God? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you fall? Everybody out there is a manifestation of God. Why don't you fall in love with that that aspect of them, which is the many faces of God, which is what people, what the Hindus do when they bow to each other? I'm bowing to the God in you. You know. Namaste. Okay, hold on, John. This is, this is We're going to have to do, John Nelson is my guest, all right, and we ran out of time to address the issue of scrying, which is like one of your top books, okay? So we have to come back and talk again, because you just dodged, you just completely jumped off the chart into meditation, and I was trying to redirect you with the paranormal. So are you good with coming back and, you know, talking about the other book, too? Hey, I'll come back every every week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could talk about this stuff forever, you know. So yeah. Okay, my guest <laughs> yeah, on call. Yeah, you schedule another. You come back and and you you give me some parameters. Just give me a, a list of things that you want to deal with, and we'll we'll focus on that. Give me, you know, email me a list, and I'll, and we'll focus on that. Well, okay? definitely, I don't. That's an award-winning book, and it is a very fascinating topic. And I think that uh, people, like at least my listeners, are curious about that as curious as I am too, because this is there's so many ways we can oh, yeah. go with oh, that. And, let, and, and if I could give one last plug, yeah, go ahead. I have a novel coming out. I have a novel coming out called The Miracle of Anna, which is the birth of a Buddha child in America, in contemporary America, and her and her mother's struggles to keep her consciousness pure in terms of other people impinging on her. And that will be out in January. It's called The Miracle of Anna. Well, it sounds like we have more to talk about then, huh? and i might have to read okay john i gotta let you go i gotta let you go my guest again the book is a guide to energetic healing you can check johnnelsonbookworks.com to find his information john thank you thank you very much dear okay and you know what he's gonna do he's he's gonna go now hit the beach in hawaii and take a lovely walk so what we're gonna do in this zen moment not really meditating but just kind of getting into the zone and becoming quiet and hearing the ocean the waves okay We're, we're doing that I love the music background because that kind of gives you that break on through. Get out of the get out of the little monkey rat race, monkey mind stuff. Give yourself permission to have a Zen moment. That's what happened when I saw that stag in that picture, that cat picture. And it just at the very end, it sneaks out and just stands so gracefully. Incredible. Thanks for listening. You can check out the details. I'm going to put some links on the blog, wendyscoffeehouse.com. And uh, check out Duncan Laurie with his information on Plant energy, talking with plants, singing plants. KCMO Talk Radio, see ya.